The Wellness at Work podcast is brought to you by Amicus, hosted by Lisa Mahoney. That's me. Amicus is but a wee Scottish tech for good company, driven by its values of trust, accessibility and privacy. But I'm not here today to talk about our tech product and what we do day to day, but more the culture that we've worked really hard to create within our company that really has employee well-being at the very heart of it. And right now, employers are facing a big problem. Mental health issues are on the rise and budgets are tighter than ever. How do we navigate this situation? I pulled together some friends of mine, some contacts, the things that we've learned and, well, my general passion for wellness to bring this podcast to you in the hope that we can give you practical advice on how you can improve and create well-being programs in your companies on a shoestring budget. Let's get into it. So welcome uh, Gavin Percy to the Amicus Wellness at Work podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, there's a lot of background noise and stuff going on right now, which I'm hoping isn't going to affect the sound quality too much. Apologies in advance if it does. That is the world we're living in right now where we have construction work and dogs and whatnot. Um, so I'm keen to speak to you today, Gavin. Um, I know that you uh, have been working for, uh, sorry, your, your consultancy, Winning Edges, um, has been around since sort of 2013. And then you um, initially started Balancing Edges, was it 2018? Yes. Um, which uh, is a mental health first aid training centre or training programme. Um, so if you could just start off by just telling us you know, very briefly, a little bit about Balancing Edges, a little bit about what you do, and ultimately why we've ended up having this conversation today. That would be great. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, well, well Balancing Edges came about because um, um, I was doing a lot of training in the Winning Edges side of things and found I was actually a very good trainer, he said modestly, um, or the feedback was that I was a good trainer. So um, I, uh, my wife went on the course and came back and said I should be doing this, um, partly for commercial reasons, uh, to be honest, and also partly because um, I've had uh, experience of, of suicide close to me um, in my sort of circle of friends and family. Um, and because of that effect, I, I felt I might be able to make a difference uh, to people if I, if I took this on. Um, so I did the course with uh, MHFA England, which is a, a seven day uh, pretty intensive um, course to become an instructor. Uh, then did four further days uh, on the job with a, an experienced trainer uh, to, to help uh, me become a, a, an instructor. Uh, so I'll be doing that for about two years now. Um, um, and my background is almost all hospitality. So most of what I'm doing is in the hospitality industry. Um, I do have some other clients, but mostly it's in the hospitality industry. And I run mental health first aid training uh, in two different ways. I do uh, closed courses and in company courses. Um, but I also offer consultancy on well-being and, and mental health as well. So there's a, a number of, of different angles uh, that I can support in. Um, in terms of, uh, of, of why we are talking, I think I was really interested in a, in a post that you did on social media, I think about making it cultural um, and making mental health cultural in the business. And, and I showed some interest in that uh, in that, uh, and we, we started talking. And I think we both have a passion about not making it a tick box, ex tick box exercise in HR or any other department for that matter. Mental health should not be a tick box exercise, it should be cultural within the business. And if it becomes cultural, then uh, the costs will come down as well, apart from anything else, because you don't have to invest in people like me because there's people within the business that are, are passionate about it and make things happen. Uh, and I think that's where we need to be. 
yeah definitely and um, why is it important that companies um, actually make it cultural? You touched on a couple of things there, but um, you know, it'd be interesting to know what kind of experiences you have working with companies that are making it somewhat of a tick box exercise and how that impacts people versus it being more ingrained in the culture. Yeah, well, the people who are making it a tick box exercise are very difficult for me to speak to because they think they've, they think they've covered it. So they, they don't want someone like me because they don't think they need it but actually they do because all they've done is they've created a policy uh, they stuck it into the staff handbook uh, and hr have been I've, I've ticked a box i've done what i was told to do i've done a, a strategy about mental health and well-being and actually that's not what it's about um, it's got to be cultural and I, 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 we were chatting earlier and i gave you an example i'll, I'll use that one now in marks and spencers we had a, a guest speaker at an event i was at and she was given a tiny little budget by Marks and Spencers to, to, to try and make a difference. And, and what she did was she bought an inflatable elephant, as in the elephant in the room, and sure. took it to the staff canteen and uh, invited everybody in the head office to write a post-it pad on, and put it on the elephant about what they felt about their well-being, their well-being at work, their mental health at work, how, the, how things could change, how the business could change, and use those ideas to, to make a difference within the business. And because everyone was invested in that and they could see a difference was happening because of that, they didn't have to spend loads and loads of money. They have actually now, because of the success of that, they've increased the budget. She's now got a small department of people doing it because they can see the difference that's being made in the business. They're, they're more productive, they're, they're happier at work, uh, there's less absenteeism, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that, that's a success story. That's not one that I've been working with, but it's, it's still a success story that I think is worth sharing. And a company as big as Marks & Spencer's initially to just put a little toe in the water. Uh, and then eventually decided that they could they could dive fully into the deep end and, and, yeah. and have taken it on board. I really uh, love that expression actually in in relation to um, you know dipping a toe in the water when it comes to wellness. And I think that there's so many companies that could learn from that approach. I think it can be quite overwhelming to think of all the different things that you might you need to consider, like financial well-being, nutrition, uh, physical health, drugs, alcohol, mental health, all of these different aspects of well-being that as an organization i personally feel an organization should be responsible to its employees to ensure that they are supported in all of those areas and um, they may not feel that way but if they do, <laughs> if they do unfortunately so yeah um, they they you know it can it would probably be a little bit of um a little bit alarming to think about well, what about how much is this going to cost me and and who do i need to have involved? sorry my son's just walked in the room my apologies for okay. that I did tell him I was on a podcast, but anyway, uh, as you say, that's the world we're living in. It is. Thankfully, my puppy is apparently asleep by my feet now. So <laughs> right, we'll okay. Um, sorry, yes, so um, I was just going to just repeat what I said there. So I think for organisations that are finding the idea of, of, of building a wellness culture quite overwhelming, um, somewhat, you know, just dipping a toe in the water is a really nice expression to describe what we, I personally feel, organization should do and you know the inflatable elephant which probably cost you know a few pounds <laughs> mm, exactly. um it's a fantastic idea um that has obviously made a massive difference um so you know there's, there's a couple of things here the first is obviously we are in um in a, pan a global pandemic where a lot of people are experiencing um incredibly difficult mental health frustrations and issues um 
I know I've had my fair share of anxiety and stress over this period and I don't think I know of anyone that hasn't suffered in that way. So businesses have got to deal with that at the same time having reduced budgets, um, which is, you know, for, for an organization, probably quite a challenging prospect. So with this idea of dipping a toe in the water, I wonder if you could offer maybe just one piece of advice that, you know, one small step that an organization could take to, um, to build that wellness culture in the way that you've described and move away from this tick box exercise um, way of doing things. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to um, communication um, with, the, with the employees as much as anything else, because as you say, everyone's got some level of anxiety or stress in this time, whether it's worried about losing your job, whether it's worried about your company, whether it's worried about economy, whether it's worried about whether you can pay the bills. All this stuff is going on and many, many other things as well. Um, and I think one area that's perhaps not been thought about too much um, is this issue of furloughing. Because the people who have been furloughed feel guilty because they weren't at work. The people who uh, were at work are guilty or jealous of the people who were furloughed because they quite like to be in the back garden sunning themselves. And you've got this issue. When people come back to work again after being furloughed, it's a very difficult dynamic mm-hmm. between the people who were furloughed and people who were not. Um, and I think that's, a, that's one that needs to be dealt with. And I think the way of dealing with that is, is communication to make sure that people are communicated with, whether that's HR, whether that's a, a marketing exercise or, or a combination of both. And it's, it's engaging with people to see what their level of stress and anxiety is and yeah. making sure that, that, that we can support them through things. And that doesn't take any money. That takes a bit of time. Yes, it takes a bit of time. Uh, but you've got to do something to make sure that your company is going to thrive through this as best as they can. Um, and I think that's one way of doing that is to make sure you people are, are being looked after and engaged with. So I, I, my, my, my short answer to that is, in, is communication, effective communication, um, to make sure that people understand what's going on in the business, any changes that are being made because of what's going on, the furloughing issue and the non-furloughing issue, um, and where the direction of the company is going to go in the future, and engage people with that and make them feel part of that. And if you if we manage to do that, I think we're a long way down the line to improve things. Um, it's not the only solution, don't get me wrong. I obviously, I, I put my hand up and say they should be doing some mental health first aid training. <laughs> I'd say that, wouldn't I? But there is a cost attached to that. But yeah. uh, with all, all joking apart, having a network of, of experienced and trained people within the business who know about mental health first aid will definitely help the business um, and help that culture as well because they, they can be the culture uh, ambassadors within the business in terms of trying to get that well-being uh, message out there to, the, to, to all employees at all levels from director level down. Um, so I think it's really, really important. Absolutely. I really like what you said there around, um, you know, just asking the question about how stressed or anxious someone might be feeling. I don't know of many organizations that would be reaching out to their employees now and asking them how they feel. Um, I think that's really important. We shouldn't be shy of that. Yeah, such a simple thing just to say, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling generally? And, you know, yeah. And again, this is something we as, as, as people, we go around down the street and we say, you're right, yeah, you, but we don't mean it, do we, really? Um, and, and that happens in the business as well. Um, we don't really mean it. We just say it because it's a polite thing to say. But if you actually say it and mean it and you get an answer back that means something as well, because that's important too, then we can react to it and do something about it. Um, until we get that answer, how, how do we know how people are, 
are positioned and, and then how can we react to that? We need to know how people are feeling. We yeah. need to open those lines of communication up on a two-way side. And I think it comes down to good management. You know, good management is about doing one-to-ones and job chats. And, and one-to-ones and job chats should also involve um, something about mental health and well-being in that in that job chat so that that becomes part of that process and that's not adding to any cost that's just adding one or two extra questions into the into the job chat format it's not a big deal Um, and again if you get people to open up in those sort of conversations uh, we can react to that and do something to help them and give them the right advice yeah definitely yeah, my uh, my one to ones uh, with my boss have definitely turned into therapy for this period of time. And the first question is always, "How are you feeling generally?" And that is the you know. Then I'm off on a tangent, and there's not much talk about work because ultimately yeah. my work and my home life are just at one at the moment. So um, when I say yes, yes, because my puppy is peeing all over the carpet or whatnot. Actually, <laughs> she is now. Um, actually, that right. is work life as well. You know, so um anyway thank you very much gavin i thought that was really yeah. good really great advice okay and um okay. yeah I, I i hope that um everything goes well with balancing edges and um hopefully you know a, a bunch of companies will reap the benefits of mental health first aid in the coming months and years because it feels like they're really going to need it no i agree i think it's a very important time for everybody absolutely all right thank you very much take care okay thank you very much bye now You've been listening to the Wellness at Work podcast brought to you by Amicus and hosted by Lisa Mahoney. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen.